Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. Thanksgiving, um, I, I feel like sometimes there's some things I need to share that aren't biblical, but are just wise, right? There's just, there's just some wisdom. Um, and so I want to share something when it comes to Thanksgiving um, for all of you out there, because I love you, I care about you as your pastor. Um, right now, I don't want anything from you. I want everything for you. And as your pastor, I'm just going to let you know, Thanksgiving Day is not the day to eat healthy, okay? Um, just, just understand, uh, Ben and Chelsea Edens made me this shirt. It is my mantra for Thanksgiving. If it ain't brown, it ain't going down, right. If I might have gravy all over that plate. Salad is filler. Vegetables, you can get those anytime. Like, but, but these green beans, don't tell me about these green beans. I'm talking turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy. Pie. If it's brown, it's approved. If it's green, get it out of the way. So um, that's just me to you. We hope that you have a great Thanksgiving. We know that there's a lot of you traveling to a lot of different places. There's a lot of you that are going to have family that are coming in or you're going to family. And so today we're going to talk about, as we could close our series on Psalms 23, how do you deal with annoying people, right? How do you deal with annoyances? How do you do, deal with things that irritate you? Because as we come into Thanksgiving and Christmas season, man, it is a great time of year, but it's stressful. And it's busy. And it's like, how do I deal with all this? So before we get to Psalms 23, I want to read you Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. It's going to be a little bit of charge to us from the Apostle Paul. And it says this, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. This life that you've been called to, it's not your parents' idea for your life. It's not your friends' idea. Man, this is a life that God has called every one of us to live out. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's faults because of your Love. I think we could just bow our heads and close our eyes and be done for the day, right? Right there. Um, I think this verse too will be a great verse as we come into Bedlam Saturday, right? Always be humble and gentle. Um, OU fans, OSU fans, be patient with each other, uh, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. It makes total sense right there. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Now, this is easy for me to read, 
but this is really hard for me and you to live out. Easy to read, hard to do. And our text, Psalms 23, has a passage in there that, that, that really, when you get into this book, the Shepherd's Look at Psalms 23, which has been our study for this, for this uh, uh, sermon series by Philip Keller. If you haven't gotten it, we're all out of books, but get it on Amazon. It's like $5. But um, here, here's what our text says, and there's a passage in this book that talks about our text that is just full of richness and insight that you're like, I never knew that. I, I never knew that at least. Psalms 23 verses 1 through 6 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our text that we're really going to focus on is verse 5. If you guys can go back real quick, and it says this. Though thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Some of you are going to be sitting at a table with people you don't like, right? Um, and, and you're going to be like, this is going to be real awkward. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. The simple fact, the simple truth for every single one of us here today is this. You're going to get annoyed by something. You're going to, you and I are, are prone to get irritated by something, by someone, to get annoyed by something, to get annoyed by someone, to just, some people bug you, right? Some people, they just get on your last nerve. Some of us have like talked, you're on my last nerve. When my mom said that to me, it meant I needed to go rogue and quiet, like just leave the room and get quiet and get low real fast. Some of you, you are going to encounter not just people, but things that annoy you and irritate you, and how, how, do you, how do you live Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, and you stay humble and gentle and patient and make allowance for others' faults and make every effort to stay united together in peace and unity? How, how do you do that when you're dealing with annoyances? For a lot of us, we are going to be going on road trips this week. Some of you are going to fly, and so I gave you my top five annoying things for road trips and my top five annoying things for flying. Here they are. No certain order, because I think the first one I share is probably the most annoying when it comes to road trips. If you are driving, top five annoying things for your pastor to deal with, um, people who stay in the left lane instead of using it for passing in the left lane. Dear God, move over, right? It's not to cruise in. Um, People who don't accelerate on the highway, they glide. It just, you have a gas pedal, go. Number three, having to stop within an hour of being on a road trip. And, and I'm not talking about kids right now. Like, I can understand little tiny bladders. Like, some of you are like, oh, yeah, I just drank too much water today. <laughs> oh, did you really? I'm really? Like, awesome, awesome. Number four, asking. 
it's really healing for me as I share these. Um, number four, asking how much longer till we get there, and we've only been going for 30 minutes. Um, just buckle up and shut up and enjoy the show, kids. Like, you've got a movie. Like, back in my day, you had to ask your parents. You had to barter with them to put in your cassette tape into the radio, right? Like, and you're like, yeah, my music. Um, no. Or put it in your Walkman. Anyways, um, so we're like, how old are you? Old enough to be your dad. Anyways, number five. When people in the car try to harmonize with the song. <laughs> don't, 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 hit, hey, hey, don't plug your ear and you like try to start harmonizing with Don't Stop Believing by Journey. It's a great song on its own. It doesn't need your help. Like, don't stop. And you're doing runs and stuff? No, no. We want to hear the music, not you. Um, so, top five things. Flying. Some of you are like, you're ever going to preach? Um, flying. Top five things for flying, parents with kids, parents with babies. I'm just being real right now. You know when that parent walks on with that baby, and you can tell criers, you're like, oh, that's one. He's going to cry, and he's going to scream and lose his mind. You get real big in that seat, right? You're like, oh, and you put your bag in there, and you don't make eye contact with him. Because if you make eye contact with him, it's like you are inadvertently saying, you can sit here. So you just kind of look around like, I don't see you. Anyways, um, parents with kids. Number two, having your seat kicked from behind. Um, or this one's even better. When the guy going to the bathroom for the 10th time uses your headrest for a brace because he's going to fall and break a hip like, oh, Harry, and you're just on for the ride. Number three, overhead bin hogs. Like, you know, you are only supposed to put one bag up in that overhead bin. Number four, here's where it gets real. Taking your socks off. Oh, don't act like you haven't seen it. Like, no, you don't. No, don't take your socks off. Like, no, keep your socks off. If you want to take your shoes on, we're, we're, we're starting to, to, to get to a dangerous threshold here. But keep your socks on. And number five, this has actually happened to me. Clipping your fingernails on a flight. Telling you, I'm on a plane, this guy is clipping his fingernails, and they're like dumb and dumber. I mean, they're just long, and one hits me in the forehead, and I'm like, <laughs> give me the bag, right? Like, I'm like, ugh. And I, find, I like, I, pastor hat went out the window there. I'm like, bro, you got to put that up. Like, you just hit me right here. Like, you know, I'm like, shit with your chest. I'm like getting mad. I'm getting upset. Here's the deal. And some of you are like, no, nobody would do, nobody would clip their nails in public. You can ask my friend Jeff Wagner, I think it was one of his first Sundays here. Somebody was clipping their fingernails while I was preaching. And they were like, clip, clip. And I was like, what? And I was like, Jeff, did, he's like, did I hear? I'm like, I thought I heard it while I was preaching. Somebody's over there just like, clink, clink. <laughs> Here's the deal. Pe people... Do annoying things. Newsflash. You and I do annoying things. If you, if you can believe it or not, I get on my wife's nerves. <laughs> I don't mean to, right? I'm, but, but I can be annoying at times. I can irritate people at times. And so how do you and I function? Because we're all prone to be annoyed. We're all prone to be irritated. And if we allow irritation and if we allow annoyance to come in, it keeps us from living Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 out. 
It keeps us from being a sheep that's at rest and that's at peace. So here's what I want us to understand. It's our first point today. There will be seasons and moments where you are more susceptible to being annoyed and irritated. There are seasons and moments. Some of you, it's teenage years. Um, There are seasons and moments where you are more susceptible to being annoyed and irritated. Some of you, it's called Monday. You know, there's just, there's moments. The Proverbs says this, fools show their annoyance at once. Fools show their annoyance, but the prudent or the wise, the wise overlook an insult. The wise overlook getting annoyed over that person humming the song right with you, right by you in the, in the passenger seat. That, the, the prudent, the wise overlooks the annoyance, overlooks the irritation, but the fool gets annoyed really easily. So you and I, we have to understand there's going to be moments, there's going to be seasons where we simply get annoyed. And what is true of us is true of sheep. In his book, Philip Keller talks about this when he talks about that anoints my head with oil. Talks about that there are sheep and and in the sheep's life when, when there's large flocks, there are seasons where something called the nasal fly is a nuisance to the sheep. And the nasal fly will swarm around the sheep's head with the goal of landing on the soft, wet membrane of the sheep's nose and implanting its eggs so that it turns to larva. Sounds gross, I know, but this causes a major irritation, a major aggravation to the sheep. But here's the deal. It doesn't happen all the time. It just happens in the warm months. And when I read this, I realized, man, there are seasons where you and I, there are times where you and I are more susceptible to being annoyed and we're more irritable than at other times. For me, it's after Sunday service. After my third service, when I go home, my brain is shot. Some of you are like, this is you being focused. This is me being focused. Like really focused and following my notes. Some of you are like, shut up. I can't imagine. No wonder you drive your wife crazy. I know. Um, But what me and Casey have understood is that if there is a conversation that could go south. If there's a conversation that's going to be stressful or there's going to be pushback, we need to push that off until Monday or Tuesday where I'm not so susceptible to being annoyed and irritated easily. And for all of us, there's, there's seasons, there's moments where you're more susceptible to being irritated and annoyed. And if we're wise, if we're really wise like the Bible's talking about, We understand, man, I need to try to play prevent on this and keep it from happening instead of saying I can handle it when I understand I'm more susceptible in moments and times and situations to be stressed out and to be irritable. So what do we do? Because I love the quote by Smokey the Bear that says, only you can prevent forest fires, right? And I correlate that to this, only you can keep your house from burning it down with your mouth. Like, you're the only one that can control your mouth and, your mouth and keep it from burning everything to the ground. So what do you and I do? How do we overlook an offense and not show our annoyance at once? Understand this, petty annoyances have a, have a tendency to become something bigger if not dealt with. Petty annoyances have a tendency to become something bigger 
if not dealt with, with the sheep. If the shepherd is not watchful, if the shepherd does not see what's going on in the sheep's life, and this, this nasal fly lands and it, it, it lays its eggs and larvae's going on, it, that's not just the only problem. It's the irritation that starts happening to the sheep. And they will literally bang their head against wood, against posts, against rocks. They will run around frantically. And they will come to, in, in extreme cases, they will be driven to death because they can find no relief. They won't eat. They won't rest. They are irritated. And something that was petty and small nuisance turned into something way, way bigger. And some of you have small problems that because you haven't dealt with them have turned into big issues. And here's what I would like you to know. Because it's simply true. Small problems you can handle, I can handle. But big issues handle you and they handle me. And when we, are, when we don't have the courage to confront the small problems, man, you can look in the Bible. David was awful at this with his kids. King David, go back and read. I mean, you talk about somebody who didn't handle small problems that turned into massive issues that almost destroyed him and started handling him. It was David because he didn't handle it when it was small. It started handling him. And when you and I don't handle the annoyances in our life, it may not even be that we have to deal with somebody or talk with somebody. It may be that we've got to deal with us. If it goes unchecked, it always becomes something bigger. I say it this way a lot of times. Don't let what bugs you destroy you. Don't let what bugs you destroy your relationship, destroy the future, destroy the moment. But deal with the problems, the small problems as they come. Because small nuisances and petty problems turn into something way, way bigger. They become a monster that is way harder to deal with. If they go unchecked. The second thing is this. It's hard to be annoyed while being thankful. And to be thankful while being annoyed. A sheep is either at peace or in turmoil. A peace is either restful or restless. And what is true of sheep is true of us. I've never seen somebody be thankful that is full of annoyance and irritability. I've never seen an irritable person be a thankful person, and I've never seen a thankful person be an irritable person. It's always this either or, and no wonder the Bible calls us sheep. And there are times and there are moments where you and I, man, we got to understand we're, we're either thankful or we're irritable. We're either annoyed or we're thankful. We're full of giving thanks or we're full of being Annoyed. Well, Justin, you don't understand the backstory of this person, and you don't understand how they've treated me, and you don't, but, but, but hear me, and some of us, it's not even that. It's about just changing the way we look at things. We've been looking at things the wrong way the whole time. Sometimes when I come in at, at, at night, when I come in from, from work and I'm coming home, I can walk in and there's shoes all over. Like we have cubbies, right? Right by the back door. And nobody puts their shoes in the cubbies. Like, oh, that's a great suggestion, Dad. Like they're all outside the cubby. I'm talking like 
10 pairs of shoes on the and, and I, I'm, I'm guilty too. So I, but I get annoyed at everybody else but me because it's my house, right? That's my house. If I want my shoes out, I'll just have my shoes out. But I'm like, dear God, can you not put your shoes up, kids? Like, come on. But I'm looking at it with the wrong perspective. Because when I look at it like, why don't my kids ever put their shoes up? And then I start looking at it, man, I've got kids that they're in my house and their shoes are everywhere. But I'm glad I have a house that my kids can put their shoes everywhere. There's a total different perspective. When I've got kids that are laying on the couch and they're not getting up and greeting me like the dog anymore, right? Like used to, I came home and like, dad's home. Now it's like, hey dad. Like I'm like, hey sweet, good to see you. Like winner, winner, Vader's my favorite now because he's my dog and he licks me and still like, dad, yeah, you're home, right? Like who doesn't like to be greeted at home by a dog, right? Like that's how you need to greet people. Be a dog, not a cat. Um, my teenagers have turned into cats instead of dogs. Um, but but I don't, I'm not like, oh, what a waste of space just laying on my couch. No, I'm glad that my kids feel that they're safe and at home and can relax and be at peace and be safe and feel like this is a place of rest where they can be themselves. And many of us, we're looking at things. The reason we're getting so annoyed is because we're looking at them wrong. We're, we're just simply looking at them wrong. And the Bible says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 through 17. It says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. What's filling your life? Let it, let it fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say... Do it as a representative of the Lord, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And always be thankful. If you are constantly irritated and annoyed, I, I, the reality is simply this. It's not everybody else's fault. It's not that your job is that awful. It's that you're focusing and you're listening to the wrong thing. I, I have some noise cancellation headphones. And it's a good thing because we have a loud house, and I love that. Uh, but I put them on so that I can focus in on the main thing that I need to focus in. And some of you, your life is way too full of noise. And you're listening to all the other things except the main thing that God has blessed you with and given you. And you're focusing on this and all this noise and all this noise and all the complaints and all the things that are wrong and all this person's annoying me and this person said that. And you got to block them. If you're ever going to be a thankful person instead of an annoyed person, if you're ever going to be a thankful person instead of an irritated person, man, at some point you've got to block the noise out and you've got to start focusing in on the right thing and your perspective has to change. Well, how does that happen? How does your focus change and your perspective change? It's our last point today, is you understand a consistent anointing brings consistent focus. A consistent anointing brings a consistent focus. Back to our text, Psalms 23, verse 5, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Sheep with these, these nasal flies, the only relief, the, the only way they found relief was this, is that they would have to come into the shepherd's presence. 
And the shepherd would take this kind of home remedy, Philip Keller says this in his book, is that his contained linseed oil, uh, tar, and sulfur. And when we think of being anointed, you know, if you, if you like, grew up in a Methodist church, they kind of did this thing, and they're like, I anoint you, right? Like, like I, there, go and be joyful. And you're like, what did you just do? Like, what, what happened? Um, I don't know if that's Methodist or not. I just made it up. Uh, um, but, like, if you grew up Pentecostal, they put a dab on you, and you're like, I'm going to get a zit there. You know, like, that's what every teenager's thinking like that just gave me a zit. Thanks. Awesome. Um, Here's, here's the deal. When, when we think of anointing, we think of this little dab, right? But when the shepherd would grab the sheep, it was not this dab. The shepherd would grab the sheep, and the sheep would have to be in the presence of the shepherd, and he would smear it. Like smear this tar, sulfur, linseed oil, linseed oil concoction all over the sheep's head and ears and nose and all. I mean, just it covered the sheep. But it was this anointing of its head, it was this anointing of its body that brought about the relief of the annoyance of everything that was trying to destroy it. And hear me today, there's an anointing God has for you and for me that brings relief to the rest of your life because what I've come to understand, and I've got to keep going. What I've come to understand is that for a lot of us here, if we were to be real honest, you know what? Some of us, we're not so annoyed with everyone else. We're annoyed with ourselves. What bugs us is what our life looks like. And not just what it looks like, but what it is. And we thought life would look different. And we know... we. The biggest problem with us is we know us, right? We know what we really are like and not just what our Sunday best looks like. And we're so distraught with how we are. And we carry shame. And we carry guilt because we thought we would be here, but we're still here. We carry fear and anxiety because we thought life would look like this, but, it, but it's here. Some of us, we're here and we're just tired of being who we are because we feel broken and we feel irritated and we feel annoyed and it's just a byproduct of the way we feel about ourselves. It, being annoyed with everybody else in our situations, it's just a reflection of what's going on on the inside of us. Can I tell you, the only way you find relief for that is in your shepherd's presence. John 15, it talks about apart from him, you can do, that he is the vine and we are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And some of you, you've been trying to be a good student on your own. You've been trying to be a good teenager, man, a kid that your parents would love and be proud of, and, and, and you're exhausted. Some of you, you're trying to be a great young professional, and you're, you're out of college, and there's no manual, and you're like, man, what do I do now? And man, I haven't found my significant other, and I'm single, and I thought, you know, and, and what do I do now? And some of you, you're married, and you have no idea what to do now. You're like, oh, what did I get myself into? Um, some of you are parents, and you really don't know what to do, and you're freaking out, and you can't sleep. And some of you are grandparents, and you're stressed about all of it. You're like, my kid's a parent. And I got grandkids, and none of them know what to do, right? 
How do you find relief for this? There's an anointing that God has for you. And when there's an anointing, he doesn't just get into your life and anoint your head so that you're not bugged. But an anointing does this. An anointing, when he's putting it on you, he's equipping you for the role that God has for you to play in your life. He's anointing your life so that you would be empowered to endure the journey and the plan that God has for your life. If you go back and look at David... When Samuel came and anointed David, he anointed David in the front of his brothers, right? And his brothers, if you remember it, were his enemies, right? Thou preparest a table in the presence of my enemies. Samuel is anointing his brothers. His brothers talk noise to him all the time, even after he's been anointed king. But it wasn't until David was anointed that he was empowered to take on the Goliath. He never defeated Goliath until he was anointed by Samuel. He never became the king of Israel until he was anointed for the role that God had for them. And some of you, you're looking at your life and you're like, I am not empowered to do this. No, you're not. But there's a consistent anointing that God wants to put on your life that empowers you to play the role that God has for your life. And it's not just a one-time thing. The sheep couldn't just have been anointed once with this concoction of linseed oil and tar and sulfur but it had to be an anointing that happened on a regular basis to bring regular peace, regular relief, and so that they may live their life the way their shepherd intended it. And some of you here, man, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since you've been in the shepherd's presence. So you've just let him anoint you. And you know what? It's not this great process. It's not this sprinkling it's a, it's a process where he anoints and he equips you, but you can't do it outside of his presence. But hear me, he's created you, he's designed you, he's anointed you for the role that he has for you to play no matter what your role is. There's an anointing he wants to put on your life if you will simply stop long enough And get into your shepherd's presence so that you may live out Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. So that you might live out Colossians and that you are Christ's representative, his ambassador, wherever you go. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I pray right now that we would stop Lord, some of us, we just decide to be busier and busier the more annoyed we get because if we just ignore it, maybe it will go away. But Lord, we carry those annoyances, those irritations from one relationship to the other relationship, from one friendship to another friendship. And Lord, at some point, somebody bears the brunt of our annoyance. And Lord, many times that's the people we love the most. Many times that's our home, that's our spouse, that's our best friend. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would understand we're not, we're not called to be strong enough on our own. The good news is, God, we're not called to fix us. That is something that is only the shepherd's role, and we need your help. And so, Lord, I pray that there would be an anointing that happens right now in this place upon every person upon every house, upon every parent, upon every student, 
upon every single, upon every man, every spouse, that there would be an anointing that is applied to our life. That what bugs us doesn't destroy us. And that our perspective would change. Because Lord, when the shepherd is near the sheep, that's where the sheep's focus is. And I pray that our focus would be on you. And Lord, our our focus stays on you when there is a consistent anointing upon our lives. And so Lord, right now I pray that if there's work to be done in us and on us and through us and there's an anointing that needs to happen, that it would happen in this place right now. And that, Lord, we would leave this place and the change isn't something weird. The change isn't something that, that, that is drastic, but the change is simply we came into our shepherd's presence and there was an anointing that was applied to our life. I thank you for it. And we ask these things in Jesus' name with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. That you may be here and maybe where you're at isn't where you should be. And you know. Man, when I said some of you, you're just, you're tired of the life, your life being the way it is. Man, you know you're trapped in sin. You know that you're living a facade. And today it's about getting there right and and, and maybe you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior but what your life is isn't what it should be and you need to recommit your life to him when I count to three if that's you we just want you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life one two three is there anyone here today you say Justin that's me before we go any further I see one hand is there anyone else you join this hand that's lifted before we go any further I see your hand is there anyone else you join these two hands that are lifted. Is there anyone else you say, Justin, that's me today? Yeah, I see you. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? These three individuals that raise their hand, if you repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart, Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned, that I've messed up, and I need your forgiveness. God, I ask that your love and grace would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these three individuals that raise their hand a huge round? Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. Thank you.